Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano, and I am here with the ever-lovely Mariah of Mariah Creates. And today we are doing part two of our book club series, which is going to be super fun. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Yeah, we are kind of getting into a little bit of textbook sort of category here. So last time we talked about Um, more like creative inspiration and kind of motivational books. And uh, this episode is going to be talking about textbooks that we either have been highly recommended like throughout forum posts on like Briar Press or whatever, or that we just happen to pick up. Um, So yeah, Mariah, why don't you kick us off and start with the book that you've chose for our book club? Yeah, so I um, have collected a few like older books when acquiring equipment the last few years, whether from like uh, Sojourner Station up in St. Cloud, if you know, you know, um, or just like random things from used bookstores. And I think somebody else gave me one. I don't know. Um, Didn't I just have, like a didn't the guy who you bought your Kelsey from also give you a bunch of books? That's the Sojourner Station. Oh! Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> When I bought my Kelsey, my first press in 2019, I found it on Craigslist. It was listed by a guy named Jerry Hansen. Um, and he had, so <laughs> Jillian and I have talked, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but we've both had experiences where we're like, I should probably tell someone where I'm going and what time I should be back. <laughs> and so I um, found this on Craigslist and was going to go up to St. Cloud to look at it and, and obviously buy it. And so I like pull, it's like, one of those rainy drizzly days in like the late summer and I pull up like in the middle of nowhere off of like a main road like pull into this like gravel driveway that's like got all these trees separating so it's very like private and very like tucked away (laughs) and I pull up and it's like this like old barn that has like a cute little like couple of armchairs and a little lamp on in the front window and like a huge garden and then like a bigger like normal you know more modern house and I was like what is this place and um Jerry and his wife um are just they were just like the sweetest couple um and Jerry had a friend who had passed away who had printing equipment so he had a couple of different presses that he was responsible for um selling off and he'd already sold off I think he had like a pearl and I I think he probably had a Chandler and Price if I remember correctly and then he had this Kelsey so I bought the Kelsey but when like he opened the door to this building that had all of his books. So he had a book cop, a book, a bookshop he called Sojourner station. And um, like, it literally felt like you were time traveling because it was an older barn. And so it had like dirt floors and most of it concrete and the rest of it, it had like 
like actual barn style wood paneling and like then it was just shelves and shelves of books and I mean he had some really fascinating things um, a ton of bibles um, a lot of leather bound books and like a whole bunch of books that were just some of them were first editions some of them were 100 years old like it was just it was an incredible collection um I don't I know that he was not um in great health at that time um, or recently afterwards. I don't know if he still is there or if he's at it. I think he and his wife were moving, um, which is why he uh, definitely tried to get me to buy some uh, additional books <laughs> when I was there. But um, it was it was a really special place. So yeah, I did acquire a few books from him. Um, I have a couple that are printing and type related and then a couple that are like, you know, just really cool, um, you know, pieces. So anywho, so um, I think... One of these books is from him and the other one, I don't remember where I got, but I think I got it just like on eBay or something like that. Anywho, the first, they're both textbooks kind of about printing, right? As is the one that Jillian's going to talk about. So we're kind of in this like textbook realm. So the first one is um, Elementary Platin Presswork by Ralph W. Polk. It's the fourth edition, apparently, uh, from 1971. And uh, it's a small book. I'm showing Jillian. I'll, I'll post yeah. uh, pictures on Instagram, of course, so you can see some of these things. But I actually really love this book. It is small, but it is very mighty. It covers a lot of details that you would expect from a textbook on any subject, right? Um, it goes into pretty good depth, but it also is very easy to like digest and read. Um, there's some really great little visuals that go along with it as well. Um, like all the photos are very like simple, but very like clear and easy to understand. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's just great. I actually really think this is a good, um, a really good find. So I want to read just like a, a paragraph from the preface, pre preface, preface, preface from the preface. Um, tell you how often I talk to humans. Um, I don't talk a lot, but I read a lot. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> how do you actually say this word? Okay. So in the preface, um, it says that um, this book has been widely used both in schools and in industry. Um, it's an elementary introduction into the general activities of platen press work. It's designed to instruct and guide those who are not familiar with presses and press work step-by-step step, through the standard procedures in putting ordinary jobs on the platen press, preparing them for printing, and feeding the work through the press. Um, general information on printing papers and inks and other necessary related matters will be found in this book. And I mean, I think that's the perfect summary. It really does kind of cover everything. Um, it offers information on the different types of presses. I actually thought that the, <laughs> the description of platen versus cylinder versus um, rotary press was like, I finally got it. I was like, how long did it take for me to like finally understand this, the difference between these three things? I mean, cylinder and platen, not that difficult, but like rotary for some reason is like hard to understand. It's like, yeah, why does it take something super elementary for me to get these concepts? But anyway, um, so yeah. It's because it, it's it information also information that you don't know. So it's like, yeah. I think we take it for granted, like, when we were in school, like even when we're in like elementary school and whatever, and we have math textbooks or science textbooks, like we're learning stuff that we've literally never encountered before. And yeah. those books spell it out like plain and simple. But then when we start to get into adulthood and we just become interested in things, we take for granted that there are also books that spell it out very simply. Yeah, you know? for sure. It's, like whatever yeah. your hobby is, you could find a textbook on it and just get the rudimentary basics. Yeah. I really think that like 
I want an elementary edition textbook like this for so many subjects. Like if you could just make it concise and clear yeah. and not overcomplicate it, that would be amazing. So yeah, this book um, I think is very handy. Um, it goes through like, so the different types of presses, um, it talks about the different parts of a platen press because it is platen press based. It just kind of overviews the other types of presses that are out there. Um, but it tells you like how to set up a job, how to adjust impression, how to do make ready. Um, it goes much farther into like why a heavier form uh, needs the platen adjusted and that kind of thing. Um, it also talks about like the ink rollers specifically, like winter rollers and summer rollers. Um, it talks about half tones. It talks about printing with more than one color using type forms and like tips for registering those two colors together. And it even has like a special operations on platen press, which is like scoring, perforating, numbering, things like that. Um, so I think overall, it's a really great like overview. Um, I think because this is the fourth edition. So the editions I think were, you know, some significantly older. So this was 1971 and there were previous versions in 65, 55 and 31. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of those subjects that I mentioned have probably been added in this edition, but, um, I think really for <laughs> 50 something years old, this book is still incredibly helpful. Um, yeah. and I did learn there's, I actually would like to read this cover to cover again. Um, I kind of skimmed through it to refresh myself. Um, but I did, <laughs> I did pick up a few technical terms, which is really fun. So I didn't even like know the name for the quote, tympan bales, which are those two clamps that hold your make ready, like the top and the bottom oh. of your button. There's a name for those. Who thought? I mean, my goodness. Um, so yeah, I was literally, somebody posted a video where the their top tympan bale was like stuck or something. And I was like, oh, what's the name for that thing? The clampy thing, you know, like, there we go. Now we know there's a name for that. Um, so that was fun. And did you know, like, you know how we talk about make ready and you make the little topographical map to like figure out what sections need more make ready and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. that has a name as well. It's called an overlay. So like adding an entire sheet under your form behind your chase would be an underlay. Um, but when you do the little pieces behind your tympan or your, like we use acetate, um, that's called an, uh, overlay. So there you have it. We have a name for that topographical map as well. Um, and it's also nice to know that that's like a real thing, not just something we like <laughs> finagle to make Adding it Adding an entire sheet under the form behind your chase is like, I've, I mean, I guess maybe I've done that one time I did like a taped area, but like it never would have occurred to me to like oh, do that on the reg. I have actually done that because I, when I've used standard relief plates on my deep relief base, it doesn't ink quite perfectly. So I've put like either like a piece of text weight paper or even a really thin cardstock behind my base. And I literally just before I, you know, use the clamp on top of the chase to hold it in, I just slide a piece of paper right behind it. Smart. That's yeah. so funny. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if anyone out there is struggling with like roller height issues, you could also try something like that if you're getting under inking issues. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. So I think, you know, it's kind of fun to reread th things like this. Um, it looks like this book was used. I think it was actually made for like Detroit, Michigan schools. Um yeah, Ralph Polk and Edwin Polk were the like writers and editors. Um, and it was 
He, Ralph Polk was formerly the supervisor of printing education for Detroit public schools. So yeah, um, kind of fun to look at and I think really helpful. Like if you're learning to print, clearly even those of us not learning can use this book to learn a few things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I will share a few like fun bits from this because I think there's some fun little tips like, and I've highlighted a few of them so I can share them, you know, on Instagram with our, our viewers slash listeners. But um, one of them that I thought was interesting was talking about like how you put in the form for something like feeding, like printing letterhead. So when you have an eight and a half so by 11, you're printing the letterhead. Paper, yes. When you have an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and you're printing like the header on the top of that. So, you know, you're supposed yeah. to put in your form with your type, particularly where it, you know, runs kind of sideways. Um, so like the top would be on the right, the bottom would be on the left or vice versa. But with mm-hmm. letterhead, you actually put it kind of face down. So when you're looking into the press, it'll be towards the bottom. So it it kind that of covers sense. like these specific scenarios. And um, another one I wanted to revisit was um, actually, uh, da, 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 da. where's the word? Roller bearers. Like we've talked about putting... Um, plates or like long pieces of photopolymer to create mm-hmm. a more even inking. And it talks a little about roller bears. So I kind of want to dive into that. Um, but it recommends them for like small forms, such as like an envelope card or like a small letterhead um, to make sure that you get a clear print without showing like, you know, um, too much ink on one side or the other. So I think that could be fun to kind of revisit and look at. And I don't know, it's just got some fun little topics in here, um, a little more technical, but again, it's like so easy to understand that I think it's valuable, you know? Yeah. For such a small book, like it really does pack in. Um, and especially because we're talking about textbooks today, there's going to be so much overlap between all, all three of these. But I think the one really great thing is that um your book is probably half the size of the one that I have yeah um it's 144 pages and it's teeny tiny it could fit in most purses yeah this is uh, 188 and it's like like a typical size textbook like it's yeah you know kind of closer to an eight and a half by 11 size um and yeah everything that you're bringing up is like really really potent and interesting and usable for us in what we do you know, for sure. On on the press currently right now. So yeah. So I do, that's great. You know, that's a really great find. I need to pick I that know. up. So it's elementary platinum press work. I need to look that up and get and one. And I'll I'll keep an eye out on like eBay to see if any come up. I mean, this is probably not something you're going to have an easy time finding. Um I you know, just it just isn't. Um but if you do find a category, like I imagine because it was used in Michigan schools, you may find some copies still around the Midwest. And if you can track down a copy, if you happen to see this somewhere, a uh, used bookstore or whatever, I would absolutely recommend it. Um, I think that this, I think the other one I have was part of a, a library. And I don't know if you've ever been a part of those like library sales where they get rid of a whole bunch of older books. Those mm-hmm. are always amazing because you can find things like textbooks that, um, you know, normally aren't like necessarily available to the public. So um, keep an eye out for like your local library sale um, or on eBay or something like that. Um, But yeah, if you happen to come across this book, even if it's an earlier edition, I still think it would be pretty valuable. Um, Yeah. yeah, I do want to do a quick little, um, (laughs) I was home in Pennsylvania and we were getting ready for this episode and I left my copy of General Printing, the book I'm going to do at home and I was like 
oh, that's fine. I'll just go to the library. And even if they don't have that book, like I'll just pick another printing book. Yeah. Two, two libraries, one book, a book on <laughs> Gutenberg. And I was like, really? Like, come up, like literally this is a library. The items in this building would not exist without printing. How literally do not have a vast printing yeah. section in any library and en- like that yeah. should be step found founding a library step one the printing section because you literally wouldn't have a library without printing totally. so um I was very disappointed and uh they- yeah There are a couple of these available on eBay right now. Um, I will try and link a couple of them. I I know that, you know, they may sell by the time this episode airs, but um, I'll try and keep an eye out for some just because I think it's fun. But there are actually quite a few. There's this one says it's super rare. So I must have a special, special little thing here. But yeah, so there are a few out there, which is kind of fun. This one's a 1955 edition. Yay. Well, I'm definitely I'm going to snag one for sure. Yeah. And then um, I have one other book I just want to kind of go over really quickly. So um, this one is called Printing in the Allied Trades by R. Randolph Karch, who was apparently a supervisor of printing for Steubenville Public Schools in Ohio. Um, I personally would love the job of supervisor of printing for a public school district. I think that'd be super fun. Um, (laughs) But this book was actually copyrighted in 1931. So, I mean, looking at it, it is much older. Um, It smells and feels older. Um, I am just going to, at this point, assume that most printing textbooks start with an overview of the history of letterpress and different types of presses, because this one also does. Um, This book then rolls into like type. It's definitely more type based than the other book, um, which, you know, given the timeline, totally makes sense. So this book Mm -hmm. rolls into type specifically first, uh, talks about type height, different types of metal type, um, different parts of the type you know, different fonts, all of that talks about spacing material and actual composition for, um, you know, putting those forms together. It covers proving and then even like distribution of your type, putting it all back. Um, It talks about display compositions like headlines, um, embellished letters and some borders and ruling, that kind of thing. Um, There is also a chapter covering linotype and quote unquote mechanical typesetting as well as like commercial printing, lockup and registration. And then um, the final section of the book covers like printing plates, printing in color, uh, engraving, lithography, different types of paper information, that kind of thing. Um, So definitely more focused on for those people who are working with type. If you are using type or if you want to print with type, this would be really informative. Um, It goes into detail on different things you might print and how they should be set up, like menus, programs, Um, you know, like packing slips for companies that have all the lines and the ruling. Um, And then when you get to the back of the book, there's actually kind of a fun section called exercises and problems. It's basically (laughs) like the quizzes in the back of your textbook. And I'm not gonna lie, it gave me like flashbacks, but it's kind of fun. Like, if you wanted to challenge yourself, um, it gives you like some different quotes and poetry and different type heights and uh, how to set ditto marks and like, just random things, um, marking up a 12 point border, that kind of thing. So it also gives you like quizzes on like paper, like cutting down sheet sizes to get a certain size. Like how many, okay, let me find one problem. How many pieces of five by nine inches can be cut from a sheet 22 and a half by 28 and a half inches. And it literally asks you to like do the math and solve it. And I love it. So, um, it's, it's really fun to look at. 
Um, and then I actually would say the MVP of this book is the glossary. Um, there's 21 mm -hmm. pages of just about every term you've ever heard related to letterpress, um, including some additional ones like bill of fare, which is a menu. Um, but it covers just about everything. And there's even some different fonts in here um, and different like, you know, font related. So Canon, an old size of type, now 48 point. Um, California job case, a type storage case. Cloister, a typeface. So I'm literally going to go through the Facebook pages and just like correct all the old school guys with this glossary. And I'm going to be like, actually, from 1931, a copy of Printing in the Allied Trades, that term actually means this. That's what it makes me want to do. I, I love a good glossary. Like it is yeah. one of the things that I'm often Googling kind of in, in the different fields that we overlap, because if you truly know the term, that like let's say you're trying to learn something if you know mm -hmm. the right words to put into google you can usually find an article yeah. or a video but when you don't know that right word it is really challenging so like how do you find that out glossaries are amazing so like if yeah. you could find a book like this that is printing specific that has just printing terms organized and you could read what their definitions are you're going to be able to you know, be much more self-sufficient because yeah. you will actually know what you're talking about. You'll know how to Google things. Yeah. You'll know how to, you'll know what to yeah. ask to get the right answers. Yeah. 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 yeah, for sure. I think it's really fun um, to kind of look through this. Also just, I think it's, this might be the oldest book I own. I have one, I have one other one that's type-based that um, might be older or of the same era. Um, but I think it's just really kind of fun to see and to have a book this old is really, is really unique. Um, it also in the back says that this book is set in castle number 337 on the monotype machine. So it's oh. actually printed with type, which is also really fun. And I mean, I know in 1931, it would have had to have been printed with type, but still. <laughs> yeah. It's still fun. It's still cool. It's still fun to know. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to know. And like to know what kind of type and stuff. Like clearly this is a book for printers about printers, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love that. Yeah. Um, so let's take a quick little break for a little ad. Um, for those of you listening, this helps support the podcast. So just hold tight for about 30 seconds. We'll be right back. Okay, so we're back. And now we are going to dive into the one book that I kept coming across over and over and over and over again on Briar Press, and that is general printing. <laughs> um, I think every article I looked up or like every post like for the kind of introductory level stuff about letterpress like when I first was you know looking to get one and then I was like really trying to figure out how to use mine general printing kept coming up over and over and so I bought this book and um yeah we're gonna get into it I, I have some thoughts on and I'll, I'll put them <laughs> in my closing arguments about <laughs> whether or not like how much I actually used it. And if I do think that it is so crucial the way that everyone said, but I don't want to like crap on this book because it is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I do have some thoughts about it. So, okay. First off it's general printing. It was written by Glenn Cleeton, who is the Dean of the school of printing management at the Carnegie Institute of technology in Pittsburgh, which I think is pretty cool. 
So there's yeah. Glenn Clayton, Charles Pitkin, and then it was later revised by Raymond Cornwell. Um, and it originally, the first edition was in 1941. The second edition was published in 1953. And then the third edition was published in 1963, but there was a reissue in September of 2006. My notes say five, but it's actually 2006. Um, so in September of 2006, there was a reissue of it with a new foreword and a revised addendum. And the addendum is just a gem. So um, my overall thought is that this book is obviously very much a textbook. It reads like one it is organized like one you can it's like not really something that you necessarily need to read front to back um you could use the index to look up things that you just are looking for and it's going to explain how to do that literally every section is called how to dot 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 um so like let me just like run through a few of these like how to work with a typecase, how to set up a composing stick, how to use the half pika lever, how to set the sliding knee stick. Like literally it is a, a walkthrough. Detailed. So, yeah. Very detailed. Um, so like I said, I came across the existence when I was searching on Briar Press and uh, yeah, they weren't wrong. There's a lot of stuff in this book that you just, aren't going to learn unless you go to take a class or something. You know what I mean? Like it's not common knowledge stuff. So um, at the very beginning of it is a nice little foreword that was written by David Rose, which of course I giggled about endlessly because I'm a shit fan. David. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in 2006, he wrote a little foreword and it basically just addresses the fact that regardless of time passing, this book is actually timeless and that it still is as informative today as it was when it was originally published. But I will say much like Mariah's second book that you talked about, it is Mm -hmm. very, very type heavy. Most of this book addresses composition, setting up type, like all of those little things that you would need to know to work with type. So that is kind of one of the reasons that when I got it, I was like, oh, most of this book doesn't apply to me because I'm not that cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not working with type. But um, okay, so there's a forward, there's a suggestion to students basically on how to use the book, which I think is really handy a little acknowledgement section, and then it dives into all of these different categories. So in the third edition, which is the most recent one, they added an entire section on just like the overview of graphic arts, which is right at the beginning of the book. And I would like instantly drew me in because it starts talking about the basic methods of printing, which is one of like the first times that I was actually able to like put into words what letterpress is and why it's different from other forms of printing. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. So that was really nice. And I I think you kind of mentioned this too, but like one of the greatest benefits of having these books and actually reading them is that it adds to our vocabulary. So 
we actually are able to talk about things in a way that is well-informed. It's using the right terms, but also like we truly understand it. And that always is going to put us in better positions with our clients, with other printers. It takes away that like nervous feeling of like, like I don't belong here just because I didn't go to school for this. It builds confidence. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It builds confidence knowing what you're talking about. And also like, again, talking about like, you mentioned being able to Google the right things, but also like have those conversations with printers who actually know everything, you know, it's like being able to go to the, um, (laughs) the Facebook groups and articulate exactly what the problem is and where the problem is and what's happening with it rather than just being like, Oh, the thing on the side is doing this thing. You know, it's it's the same, it's the same concept being able to ask the right questions because you have more information and the right terminology is incredibly helpful. And for all of us, I think most of us who are printers are probably visual people, right? So being able to have something to visually reference a photo with the label of what that part is, is super, super helpful. Agreed. Um, yeah. Basically, the... we just need a letterpress picture book to be invented. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I've already been thinking of like, I want to make a children's book. And I was like, yeah, cute. Yeah. The word thingamabob is becoming less and less used when I'm talking about my press because now I yeah. I know parts, pieces, and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, but what's great about this book is, and, you know, the other textbooks too, is that you learn words for presses or things that you're not working with, which is also great because there's a lot of times where information can be used or you could transfer ideas and techniques and all this stuff across, you know, somebody may do something for lithograph or, you know, even um, like Mary's always doing the uh, reduction, reduction. Yeah. The reduction prints, the lino prints. And like, there may be something about her technique that we could transfer over to, you know, just our standard letterpress, but like understanding more about what she's doing and, you know, her different tools and stuff, then, you know, if we ever have a question or whatever, we're not just like, oh, hey, that thing that you, you know, like you're actually using industry terms. So it's super great. Um, Okay. But then the rest of this book is broken down into uh, 11 different categories. So I'm just going to read them off so that you can get an idea of uh, everything that it has to offer. So composition, and just so you know, there is 49, no, 45 sub chapters under composition. So like, <laughs> it really walks you through from the very first thing is the printer's point system, which we did an entire episode about because it is yeah. its own beast. It- Um, It goes from the printer's point system all the way down to how to set a job with a border. Like, (laughs) it is going to walk you through all of the little things, how to set up the type, how to use a register bar, how to keep type on its feet, which I didn't even know what the hell that meant. You know what I mean? Yeah, the feet is the bottom of the piece of type. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay, so composition, lockup. Press work, which I love that the first section under press work is how to avoid accidents. <laughs> important, important so topic, important. to be fair. Advanced composition, layout and design, printing history, modern printing equipment, plate making, paper ink and bindery, occupational information, and then study support. 
so literally like everything you could want is in this book yeah but yeah a lot of a lot of it does address uh type so when I first got it I was like oh I don't know like if this will be super useful to me but I did really enjoy you know learning about the points and you know pikas and all of that stuff and having an actual visual representation of like a pika ruler and having someone like we talked about earlier just walk you through those basic things that you know we just use like I have a pika ruler and I vaguely before we even did our episode like understood it was a unit of measurement but like now you have a deeper understanding of it Um, and then I just flagged a few things that I thought were really fun so one of them is uh, a chart of like different proof marks which have you know very specific marks like if you were going through and you're actually proofing something I was like oh that would actually be like nice yeah, to a know system for proofing for the mark. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Little things that would make life easier. We love it. Yes. Um, and then another one that I really liked was unit 57 is how to ink up a platen press and actually talks about like the proper way to ink up the press. And then the one that follows immediately after is how to put in the chase. So really, really basic stuff. These were the ones like I have these pages highlighted because they directly applied to me and it was like really helpful to like read those. Also very helpful or like really satisfying when you already do something and then you read it in a textbook and you're like, yes, I was doing it right all along. Oh, totally. Yeah. Or like, I think now, like when you skim over these books and you're like, oh, I don't need to read that because I understand it. I don't need to read that. But oh, this section I could expand my knowledge on. Like you're like, oh, look how much I've learned. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So there is, um, you brought this up earlier, but creating that sort of, uh, topography map of, Uh, the overlay the overlay I originally was like oh I have to do this because my press is xyz but like that's actually just part of printing and in fact yeah they have a whole unit and I'm going to show you like this yeah. is what their overlay looks like it's yep. crazy um yeah similar in mine they have like a little example yeah so we'll post a picture of this but um specifically this section is talking about uh, how to make how to do make ready for a half tone, but this would really be applicable to any kind of print. But basically, like they ran the half tone uh, plate the first time, they could see where, um, you know, the image just wasn't picking up. You know, they apply a little thin sheet of, like almost like a tissue weight paper, and by the end of it, the overlay looks crazy like there's all these tiny little sections and um there's five different layers so it it this is an actual technique like this is actually mm-hmm. something that you do in printing and it makes sense because even like you were talking about um what the little strips what are we call what were those called uh the roller bearers roller bearers yeah, yeah. So even when you're talking about like the roller bearer, I started using one of those a while ago on my larger plates. It like doesn't make much of a difference because the but on small stuff, the pressure is yeah. evenly distributed. But I've noticed that when I go to print like a small line of text or something, 
because I have those roller bearers on either side of my base, the top part of that like first line of small tech isn't getting over inked, which is what usually would happen. And that just makes sense because it's such a small area. It is receiving all of the ink from the roller, all of the pressure from the roller. Mm -hmm. So naturally it's without any other support, it's just going to pick up more ink. So the fact that like using a roller bearer is like an actual technique that exists yeah, and not just some hack that I'm doing because I can't figure out how to do it the right way is a very satisfying thing. Yeah. It's very validating. I think, um, to just prove that this is not like a exclusive to us problem, that this is just part of printing. Um, and this is just, you know, a part of the whole process, you know, and part of making and setting things up properly is just accommodating those, those issues, you know, it's, yeah, it's very validating. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So the other thing that I didn't mention about this book and, and yours had the same thing, the front of it, the cover says an illustrated guide to letterpress printing with hundreds of step-by-step photos, which is so true. There are photos on every single page and they're very, very helpful. So like I said, we just had that one with um, creating the overlays, but then there's photos on how to wash up the press, a ton of photos of how to set up type, tons of photos on, uh, or diagrams on how to best cut a sheet or to set up a sheet or uh, to do a work and turn um, or a work and twist, like all these different Uh, printing techniques you can find in here. And then the end of the book has a little bit more of history. So to me, the beginning of the book and the end of the book were the most intriguing. Mm -hmm. Um, The actual practical stuff in the middle has been very helpful. And I have referenced it once or twice, but because I don't do a lot of work with movable type, um, not not as helpful as I feel like everyone on Briar Press was screaming and clamoring about. But then again, they may not be using exclusively photopolymer the way that I am. Um, So, you know, fair enough. Not to say that they're wrong, but I do actually think some of the things that you talked about in your tiny handbook are more pointed towards modern printers, which is funny because it's obviously still an older book, but just, very applicable. And maybe that's because it's mostly about platen presses and we work with platen presses. I mean, that could very well yeah. just be it. That's totally true. I think the, I think the specific of that little book is, is really helpful. And I think also it's not as detailed. It's not got photos. That's, you know, that's part of why it's not as big as the general printing book, but um, it's, I would say that general printing seems to me more like a very detailed, very in-depth description of everything with visual aids. Whereas yes. the one that I have, the elementary platen press work is literally just like a simplified guide, right? Like they're, they're different. Um, so yeah. for those of us who have even a little bit of experience under our belts, the elementary platen press work is probably super valuable and that's all you need. But if you're still learning, like if you're learning and you picked up general printing and you're just going to walk through step by step and do what general printing tells you, like that's probably a pretty solid guide. Yeah. Um, I did yeah. find it very, when I first got it, I like was so excited. I sat down and I was ready to read it, read it novel style front to back. And I got through those first few chapters about graphic design 
and was just ready to keep on diving in. But then because everything else is so funneled down into the basics of like, first you do this, and then you do this, and then you do this about something that I know I may never do. I had a really hard time like actually sitting and reading it, but I'm not an avid reader. So it's like some, I have to be really drawn in to keep going. Um, but I have been using it more like if I'm having a problem with the press, I will look up in the index, something that's going on or a word or a term and then find it in the book and use whatever the book says to like help me sort of remedy a situation. Um, and then also, like I said, the history in the back was really great. And then the bibliography I've actually looked at to see if there was like other books that I wanted to pick up. And it's fantastic because it has the books categorized by their topic. So if you wanted to get a book on, there's press work, relief and general, plate making, relief and general, ink, like there's books under here. So like under ink, there's the printing ink handbook. What the what the lithographer should know about ink, Pressman's Ink Handbook. So it is helpful because then you could you have more jumping off points just from this one resource. And then yeah. also the 2006 addendum added resource for letterpress printers, which was so comforting because like every single one of these I had already used and heard of. Um and it's just so cute to see like letterpress things with John Barrett's name is in parentheses here. Cute. NA Graphics, which Fritz's name is here. And then Sterling Type Foundry with Dave. Uh, Briar Press is listed. My favorite one here is the Yahoo Discussion Groups. I don't think those are live anymore. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe Yahoo still there, exists. I, I don't know if a lot of people are, are on them. Um, yeah. and then boxcar press is on here as well. So it's just fun. It's a fun little thing. And the book is, uh, super informative, but what I would give my closing arguments on it is that I learned a ton from actually just doing and getting on the press and using my own brain to figure out how to, so when I, when I printed my first job, I was getting horrible inking results, like atrocious. It I cringe when I go back and look at those invitations. And that's because I bought um, a deep relief base and I was using deep relief plates. So my form was at type high, but my rails weren't at type high. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that yet. I wasn't far enough into my journey yet. But I used my own brain to troubleshoot the problem, which of course was add a shit ton of tape to my rails. And um, our solution for many problems. <laughs> for many problems. And my platen wasn't level, didn't know that, didn't understand all of that stuff. So my overlay underneath, you know, my prints had maybe an eighth inch. <laughs> of paper on one side and then nothing on the other side. And I started to get better prints. I did all of that with my own brain. And that was like a journey that I needed to go on to create an intimate relationship with my press and with the art form itself. 
And then the book has just been a very satisfying addition to my knowledge of letterpress. But I, I don't think that if you are starting out, you absolutely need to get a textbook and read it, but it will help you, especially when it comes to like vocabulary and you the thing, the thing that's tough is like when I first read this book, I didn't know enough to truly understand what I was reading. So it was almost yeah. like putting the cart before the horse and having a little bit of printing under my belt really helped me come back to this and be like, oh yes, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Okay. So, that makes sense. That's kind of my yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that both of us, so I, when I first started printing, I had these books. I already had them. They weren't like later acquisitions. Um, <laughs> did I read either of them? No. Um, <laughs> I don't think I read this for like the elementary platen press work. Um, I don't think I read that for like a good year into my printing journey. Mm-hmm. I realized one day I was like, oh, I should read this. Like, and I opened it up and was like, what? was I thinking not reading this? Um, but at the, I think you're kind of right that like there's certain levels of that information that would have been just too much or gone over my head or, you know, whatever. But I also think it just depends on the person. If you're someone who has a lot of like, I'll figure it out behavior. Like if you're just like that person who like decides not to take no for an answer and like, will just figure out a way to make it work, then you probably are not going to be like, hmm, let me look that up in my textbook and see what I can find out first. Like, So, but if you're a person who wants to have a guide and you want to have something to reference on hand, then, you know, great. Go get general printing and, um, you know. Yeah, all three of these books are ready. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's to each each their own, but um, necessary, never, but fun, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a very good looking (laughs) book. I keep it on my coffee table. It is a bright yellow color. It's very fun. And it's all... People pick it up constantly because it's on my coffee table. People pick it up constantly and are just amazed by the images inside. There's roughly uh, six images, six or more images on every single spread of this book. So um, it's very, very visual. If you are a visual learner, highly recommend. And if you just, yeah, if you want a good guide on all the things you need to know about printing. It's a great one to have. And they are Perfect. readily available. I bought like a new print off Amazon. I'm pretty sure. Like these are still in production being printed. You can find older copies on eBay. It is yeah. a, a fairly simple book to get your hands on. Yeah. It's not as complicated as diving deep down into <laughs> it to find yeah. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you can get it via Amazon, it's convenient for sure. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I think that was fun. You know, we covered some creative books last episode of the book club, and this time we kind of dove into some press work books, which, um, a little more technical, definitely more reference, uh, referenceable. Is that a word? And, <laughs> it's um, now. yeah. So next episode, uh, we'd love to hear your recommendations for books that we should try next. Um, I have some ideas, but I think we would love to hear from you guys. So um, be sure to go over to our Instagram after you've listened to this episode because we'll post some of these visuals. Um, But also you will have a place in the comments to leave your recommendations for next books we should read. 
So um, our Instagram is at hot off the press pod. And you can find us there uh, every episode, every week, we post a graphic uh, to go along with it and any photos that we feel are uh, relevant from the episode itself. So um, head on over there to join the conversation. Yay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.